Talking Dogs on Thursday with Barry Drake. For all the latest Greyhound racing news, check out grisland.ie forward slash Talking Dogs. Hello and welcome along to episode 22 of Talking Dogs on Thursday with myself, Barry Drake. This week's guest is the CEO of Greyhound Race in Ireland, Ross Yucht Con Aaron, uh, Mr. Ger Dollard. So we'll say hello to you, Ger. Good afternoon, Barry. Many thanks uh, for, for joining us on, on this week's podcast. Uh, we're coming to the end of another year. It's been a strange and very tough year. It's been a very strange year, Barry. Um, I don't think this time last year anybody could have envisaged what 2020 was going to be like. But I suppose as we come towards the end of it from a greyhound racing perspective, we're still racing. And I think that's the important matter that the greyhounds are being run and activity at the track is continuing. Yeah, very important, I suppose, for both greyhounds and um, owners, trainers and for, for their mental health as well. Yeah, and we did have, uh, I suppose, a period of suspension there in March and April in the initial lockdown. But I think we've made a lot of progress. Um, with the department, with government. Um, it's now at the stage where five uh, greyhound racing has been permitted. So regardless of what happens under the COVID plan, at this point it would look like um, greyhound racing will continue. And I think that's down to the fact that we were able to show uh, we could comply with the COVID protocols. Um, I suppose some members of the greyhound community might have found that quite difficult. But we had had to shut restaurants, we had to close buildings. I know it's not ideal for the Greyhound community to be external, but if we want to keep racing, it's been made quite clear to us that if there isn't full compliance with COVID protocols, we won't be racing. So we are racing, and as far as I can see, regardless of the the level that might apply um, in 2021 or the early part of 2021, Greyhound racing will continue, and that's yeah, good news, I think. Of course it is. And just going back to, I suppose, when, when we had no racing, you brought, um, there was many positives throughout the year, and I suppose one of them would have been the, the payment that you made to um, people with their, with their Greyhounds. Uh, it, it was a special uh, COVID-19 um, Greyhound care payment scheme. I think the board was very strong even before lockdown happened. I mean, people could see it coming, but we couldn't have a situation whereby um, the Greyhound community and the Greyhounds were left with effectively no activity, no income for a period of time. And initially, while people thought it might have been two, three weeks, maybe a month, um, it ended up nearly being three months. So the idea was to ensure that the care and welfare needs of the Greyhounds um, were met. Um, I think we were the only industry that brought in such a, a care payment scheme it was a way of um, us recognising the fact that it, it does obviously cost to, to look after greyhounds and look after them well, and the payment which was made, which um, people might have liked to have been higher, but it was made in, in the good faith of um, this is our contribution to try to help the greyhound community while activity is dead. And remember, during activity being dead, um, Greyhound Racing Ireland weren't getting an income from restaurants, we weren't getting from tours, we weren't getting it from race entries, um, really, we weren't getting from anything. Now, that hasn't improved much. We still have no restaurant activity. We still have no tote activity. We still have no general admissions. But, um, we are racing, and the priority has been to race and to ensure that the welfare needs of the Greyhounds can be looked after. Yes, and over the last couple of months as well, we've seen um, plenty of top-class racing action. Um, the, the board were, were quick to come out and, and say that all the big competitions were, were going to go ahead. Yeah, I think, I mean, we practically had a full calendar for 2020. I think the only um, blip, if you like, was the Conan Annie Kirby, and that was through no fault of anybody. Um, 
the McManus family were anxious to um, have it. But clearly, it, it, it occurred when we were absolutely in full lockdown and no one could see with any certainty what was going to happen. And as you know, the Connellany Kirby is related to pubs and you can't run a competition like that later in the year because it just upsets the entire cycle. But we have had chats with the um, the people in Martinstown, with the McManus family, and they're gung-ho for 2021 and the Connellany Kirby is back in the calendar. And I think regardless of what level we're on, um, the competition will run and I think that's certainly good news but all of the other calendar um, uh, was achieved it did require a bit of cooperation a bit of changing of dates maybe but we were very happy at year end that um, we, we achieved what we achieved and I think some of the competitions whether it was the quiet stadium or not I'm not sure but the Greyhound seemed to run even better than ever and the Irish Greyhound Derby certainly people would say was probably one of the most exciting derby competitions for many a year which again is, is, is a positive for the industry looking forward to 2021 Yeah that's for sure and among all them um, great positives there was a lot of I suppose angry Greyhound people all over the country um, in, in recent times with um, I suppose certain politician or polit- one or two politicians um, there, there was a lot of I suppose um, false information is, as well being put out there yeah, and it's very difficult. I mean, we have got an awful lot of um, media coverage nationally um, in recent weeks. Uh, we have been out there as much as we can. We have letters to the editor going into various papers. We have opinion pieces going into various papers. But in some ways, you're coming at it after the event. Um, there is a lot of stuff being printed by people who don't understand the greyhound industry, don't know the greyhound industry. And the unfortunate um, thing is people actually believe what they read. What we have found, actually, if I was to take a positive out of it, um, there was a resounding uh, political vote in favour of the Greyhound industry, and I think it's probably been one of the strongest votes in a while, which is good. But in our engagement with politicians, and particularly in relation to um, TDs, one thing that came across very forcibly to us was that we're getting an awful lot of contact from anti-Greyhound racing people, um, emails, phone calls, and again, probably a well-organised campaign. But they did make the comment to me that um, they didn't have anybody from the Greyhound community answer them in relation to support. So I think for 2021, certainly looking forward, we do need to ensure that the Greyhound community, that we know they're there, but other people need to know they're there. So if you can imagine, if you're um, getting one side of the story, you, you might think that there isn't another side of the story, and we need to be making contact with uh, the, the people who are uh, in authority, so to speak, and let them know that right across the country there is a strong greyhound community. Um, it is an important industry. It is an important way of life, as you mentioned earlier on, the social isolation and everything else. But unless that's told directly to our elected representatives, well, it's hard to believe it exists. And I think the media are feeding a little bit off of that, in that it's a generally a, a one-sided discussion. Um, we try to balance this with a small few people can only balance to a certain extent it does need the absolute total um, activity or total involvement of the entire community to, to basically say we are here we exist and we are doing absolutely nothing wrong we're operating in accordance with the law and we're entitled to do what we're doing yeah, I think that's a great bit of advice for for anyone listening to this podcast. Um, going going forward, and, and just in terms of regulation and all and stuff like that, there there has been an awful lot of work um and done done in recent years, and you know it's very very well regulated. Yeah, for for a sport, um, I suppose the size of greyhound racing, whether it's the size of um, 
of the international sports, we are probably the most regulated um, sport that there is between doing nearly 5,700 tests, um, 615 inspections in 2019, etc. It is very highly regulated. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, it's going to become more regulated because we will be launching um, early January our new traceability system. And the traceability system, um, to me, the future of the greyhound industry depends on it. We have to be able to show that we know where our greyhounds are. We can account for the greyhounds that we have. And it is going to require everybody in the community to make sure that that system is uh, fully complied with us, that the record of any greyhound, if we go into the system, we'll be able to know where it is, what it's doing, what stage is that, whether it's injured, whether it's racing, whether it's being exported. And until we can start showing that data um, to people, which is real data, uh, we'll continually have this anti-message and accusations of greyhounds that we can't account for. So I think on regulation, traceability is it for 2021. We've put a lot into it, and when it goes live in January, um, everybody who is involved in the greyhound community will have to get seriously involved in making sure records are up to date and it's not their interest because um, it will happen if a record isn't up to date a greyhound won't be allowed to trial a greyhound might be allowed to race a greyhound won't be paid prize money the record is going to become hugely important and the only person that can keep the record up to date is the owner of the greyhound the trainer of the greyhound the breeder of the greyhound and they will need to do that because the industry does and the sport does the future it does depend on that working and working properly yeah, very well said. Um, so we're coming into um, the end of the year, as I said, we'll be looking forward to next year. I think every sporting organisation or every organisation is worried uh, of the impacts that um, COVID-19 um, have, have brought. And uh, where do you see our, our sport going um, next year? Well, as of now, Barry, I think on COVID, um, under any level of the plan, we are racing. So I think we will be racing throughout 2021. Um, it remains to be seen when we can welcome the public back, when we can open our restaurants again. Uh, if things go well in the vaccination and it's rolled out quickly and everybody gets back full confidence, we might see um, activities resuming in maybe March, April. If the rollout is slow or if it hits the number of hiccups, um, you're probably going to see it being closer to May and June, I think, before normal activity would resume. Uh, traceability will be a big thing for us in 2021. Um, rehoming, we've had a hugely successful year in rehoming. We expect to have over 1,600 dogs rehomed in 2020, which is a, a number we've never ever achieved before. Um, and on the other side, the other thing we've noticed this year is dog pools are very, very strong, and they're probably at their highest level since about uh, 2012. And obviously, if you have um, large dog pools, there's a pressure in relation to um, racing, and the board will be looking at that very shortly to see what measures we can put in place to um, allocate additional racing. It may be at the expense of less prize money, but the, the equation has to work. You can't put on unlimited racing um, if you can't actually fund it. On the economic side, um, there was a study done back in 2017 by Jim Power. That is now out of date. The board has agreed to redo an economic study, but doing it in the middle of COVID um, isn't probably a good idea. But I think this time next year, or before the Horse and Greyhound Fund is again discussed in the doll, we will have to have uh, stronger data in relation to the economic significance of the Greyhound industry and Greyhound racing as a sport. So if I was to summarise next year, it's going to be traceability, rehoming, slash welfare, and the economic case for the industry.
Yeah, very good. And just going back into a point there in terms of dog pools, um, very high numbers. Uh, but I suppose just looking at, at the UK, would it be fair to say that um, they're probably buying fewer dogs at the moment with the whole COVID situation and um, the, the new bond uh, scheme that's been brought in over there? Yeah, no, that's very fair comments, Barry. I think COVID has disrupted everything, particularly exports. And yes, the number of registrations in the UK is probably down 20% this year over and above what they would have been last year. Um, whether that will improve in the first half of 2021, given that COVID is likely to still have an impact, remains to be seen. But the reality is um, people might say greyhound racing is a, a dying sport. Well, all you have to do is look at the dog pools, um, the growth in them, the interest that's out there, the passion that's out there. And it's quite obvious greyhound racing is very far from a dying sport. But we have to manage it, and you can only manage it in accordance with the the budgets you have, and if you can't get money from your restaurants, you can't get money from admissions, you can't get money from tolls, um, it does become a difficult um, balancing act to, to meet the expectation of the community for races, while at the same time making sure um, there's money in the bank to pay for whatever needs to be paid. Yeah, and in fairness, when restaurants did uh, open at um, or, or tracks around the country, they were, they were very popular. Yeah, when we opened there for the two-month window, um, absolutely hugely successful. Um, and I think one thing that struck the public, and particularly non-Greyhound um, people, was that they felt safe in the restaurant, that the spacing of the tables, that the, the partitions that we had in some of the restaurants, that uh, they liked to come to the Greyhound Stadium because they knew from a COVID perspective that absolutely the risk was minimal. And I think that will stand to us when we do reopen because while COVID might pass and people might be happy with the vaccine, I think there will be an element of the population out there which will be cautious and they prefer to go into a restaurant where they have the two-metre distance or where they have a partition rather than going to um, a restaurant where maybe it goes back to the old style of um, tables practically beside each other. So there are some positives there for us and um, we are working hard to try to build on that. Um, we are working on the idea at the moment of a, a virtual fundraiser. We can't have people at the track, so can we over the... The internet has um, a virtual fundraiser where loads of people could be involved online, enjoy the greyhound racing, wager online if they so wish, and do get the fun and excitement that you would get if you went to the track. So um, there are there are positives there, but um, we don't underestimate the challenge that exists here. Yeah, very good. And I suppose we'll finish up with, um, I'll just get your thoughts on SIS racing. Um, I know it's been very beneficial um, for all involved in, in previous years. Are you still very happy with the way things are going? Yeah, a couple of things I'd say on SIS. Um, and again, I, I'd say the Greyhound community is this in relation to SIS. Uh, some people see it as a lower, lower grade of racing. And I think they feel that the SIS um, is becoming disproportionate to the, what I would call, the regular racing. And that is also a balancing act, and I think we have to be careful that we, we don't go too far um, on the SIS side. It has been very successful. Um, as you know, that they have decided not to go ahead with the Sunday evening meeting in Tralee. And again, that was directly from the bookmakers who felt they weren't making uh, money on that particular meeting. Um, SIS is having... Great difficulties in the UK at the moment because of lockdown that the bookie offices are closed so they don't have people to sell their product to. Um, but they are very happy with the product and I think during the year when we've had the opportunity to go on RPG TV, the reaction in the UK and from bookmakers generally was the high quality of Irish Greyhound racing, which is what we would expect, but we have never really had a great opportunity to, to showcase it to that extent. 
So I think SIS, yeah, there, there, there is no, if you like, question marks over it, but they have to run their business the same as anybody else. And if after COVID the idea starts to emerge that, well, maybe we don't need as many bookmaker shops in the UK because they have been closed for a number of months, we could end up with a completely different model. But at the moment, we are on the cost of entering into a further agreement with SIS. Our current one expires in early February. Um, they're up for doing a deal. But I think they are very cautious at the moment because their their financials are being very hard hit because of the um, the impact on the bookmaker outlets. Yeah, which is understandable. Um, I think that's about it, Jer. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? Uh, no, just uh, I suppose to say to everybody in the Bayham community, look, I know it has been a very, very difficult year. Um, throughout the year, people have come to me internally and externally looking for answers in relation to A, B and C. But the one thing... Nobody has been able to give them even current debates about uh, lockdowns after Christmas. There is no certainty. Um, we can't give any answers with certainty. We're trying to manage it as best we can. And I'd like to thank the, the Greyhound community for um, their support throughout the year in, in getting us to a, a difficult time. I, I think the general sense I get from the Greyhound community is, well, if we can raise at least that 90% of the way, and that's what we've tried to achieve. I think on the other side, I suppose at a personal level, um, many in the Bayhound community, I'm sure, have had um, various um, maybe bereavements or that during the year. And I think uh, at a personal level, those type of circumstances are very, very difficult. So just to say that we, we understand that we're with the Bayhound community in relation to that. We will do our best to try to make 2021 um, a better year than 2020 has been. Uh, very well put there very well said Ger Dollard um, CEO of um, Greyhound Race in Ireland Rossi O'Connor it was great to speak to you um, on the podcast this week and uh, thanks for joining us have a great Christmas and New Year very happy return thanks Barry take care Talking Dogs on Thursday with Barry Drake for all the latest Greyhound racing news check out grisland.ie forward slash Talking Dogs